Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we jump into this episode, just wanted to make you aware that on our website, bythehood.com, we have a free webinar on an intro to the stock market. So please go check it out. Just go to bythehood.com and you'll get the free intro to the stock market webinar. Take it easy and enjoy this episode. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the Buy the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every episode, that's with gratitude. Just want to say thank you to anyone who supports anything that we've got going on, specifically all the students from Buy the Hood University, as well as the youth in our Buy the Hood ownership camp. Salute to all of you guys. Um, my partner, Corey, is not here today. He's out handling business, but the show has to go on because our objective is to highlight brothers and sisters who are doing positive work in the community, building businesses, investors, just putting positive energy out there. We want to make sure that we highlight them so you guys can be aware of them and, you know, see what they got going on and possibly drop a gem that can help you in your journey. This brother that I have going on, man, his story is amazing. In fact, he has a new book out talking about his story, but we want to highlight it because he's putting out positive energy. He's teaching the community and his new book, his new book, which is, I'm just going to tell you, it's called From Bars to Bitcoin, right? So we got Justin Redrick, better known as a Bitcoin vegan in the building. And I just want to say, you know, before we start, man, congratulations on getting that book out. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. It was uh, it was definitely a, uh, a life-changing experience, man. Most definitely. It wasn't as, uh, it's not as easy as you think. You know, you got a lot of small things that take place, but I think one of the most untalked about things about being an author is the level of completion and sometimes getting things off of your shoulders just feels it just yes kind of amazing man you, then you got the whole world reading your <clears throat> reading what you put the paper so i mean you gotta put yourself out there for all the good and the bad you know so it's, yeah. a, it's a different level but that's why that's why you're already a success man listen I, as someone I, so I, I finished two books and you know to publish but I know that feeling of completion you're talking about. That's why I said it doesn't matter how many people read it. You've already success because you've done something. You've taken action and you put it out there. So um, just want to say congratulations on that because I know I know what that feeling is like, man. That's that's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it was surreal, brother. I was just like, damn, I actually wrote a book. <laughs> yeah, and yours is a little different, too, because you're telling your story um, mm -hmm. and you're being very transparent and talking about some things that a lot of people wouldn't be willing to talk about. So you're at a whole other level of uh you know vulnerability i should say when people are reading that story right because that's right. your story yeah because it's um you know my from my journey man you know it's nothing really too much i mean everybody got something you know they don't have to tell i ain't even gonna call it a secret you don't have to tell yeah however a lot of things um you know majority of things you're going through somebody might be going through and mm -hmm. um you know the one of the main main principles of the book, main reasons of the book is, you know, I share what I went through so they could be gems to you, you know, because if you hide or if you um if you hold all the shit to yourself, you know, number one, nobody might not be able to help you. And then, you know, you might not be able to help nobody else. So, yeah, that's how that's how that's how I view things, man. If it ain't too, too crazy. Share it. Yeah. Well, let's 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 get into your story, though. Let's talk about your upbringing. Where are you uh, born and raised? Where are you from? So I was born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, been here my whole life, finally looking to move out. And, um, you know, Charlotte, growing up in Charlotte was cool. I've had, um, I've had 
uh, experiences and, you know, both, um, I guess you want to say like hardships and, you know, also lived in different places within Charlotte, but it was the hardships that rolled down the most. Mm -hmm. And those are the, those are the pain points you end up, you know, taking hold. So, um, you know, I usually tell the story like when we got the day my whole entire life shifted for real, for real was when uh, we lost our home. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had a home. It was a nice house, good area in Charlotte. But once you lose it, man, everything changes and people change around you. And, you know, like I tell people all the time, when your mindset changes, your circumstances change. No, I mean, when your circumstances change, your mindset changes. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was then where I realized, like, damn, this was that was a long road. Like being being not having to, um, you know, we so we went without a house for like a, about a year or so. But you know, you senior in high school, you ready to start hooping. Well, I was ready to start hooping and doing other things, and I just saw my whole life just turn around. Just get it's almost like it got snatched from from up under me. <clears throat> but how old are you when this happened? uh i was 17 years old okay okay so yeah i was 17. oh no i was i was probably 16 17 years old and um between between losing a home not being able to play basketball not really going to chase your hooping dreams things just started going you know to a different direction um i witnessed a friend of mine travis Moore, get killed that year at a party i had to transfer to a school called west charlotte mm. and um it was at West Charlotte with my whole life just it kind of it was it went very well, but it was just you don't really know what's going on as a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, and then um I had gone to college, went to college for two years, dropped out of college. Only reason I dropped out because um the professor put up a graph that said we won't have any jobs five years after graduation. And I started thinking like, yo, where y'all getting so where are we gonna get this money from? Yeah, <laughs> like you know that whole stuff. What were you majoring in in college? What were you trying to get into when when you went? Uh, to I was I was just in business administration. Okay. Um, I wasn't. That's another thing. I didn't really have a college goal. Like, I was just going there because that's what people said to do. That's okay. What you do um, I went. I chose one of the best and one of the best universities in the world now. Um, called North Carolina A and T. Mm -hmm. And it was known at that part in time for homecoming and partying. And I mean, they still had some great academic stuff going on, but I just didn't really, I didn't really see much I wanted to gravitate to. Gotcha. So even after graduating, I mean, after dropping out of school, due to finances, um, playing around, smoking weed, chasing girls, mm -hmm. you know, typical 19 year old stuff. I know coming home and still with no plan of money, you know, just thinking something's going to happen. Yeah. And that's something I notice, you know, there's a real detriment that a lot of people just think something's going to happen and it's going to be all good. I fell for that. But then, you know, circumstances start getting worse. And I, you know, I'm I'm a pretty known guy in a lot of different uh, industries, if you want to say mm -hmm. a lot of different networks. And so, um, you know, I started trying to find other ways to make money. You know, and I'm thinking like, hell, if everybody else is making quick money, turn their life around, I can too. Other thing, uh, what I did not realize was when nobody going no damn work. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I ain't noticed that there, but I noticed it like afterwards. I'm like, yo, all y'all getting money to stay in the same tax bracket neighborhood, something they mm -hmm. have. Yep. Something they have. No.
But uh, so um, after that, you know, I had gone to prison for three years. Okay. Um, so trying to figure things out, you end up gravitating towards the street and got you know. Yeah, got yeah, yeah. I, um, we 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 committed a home invasion. These it was a people, some people I knew that helped put me on, mm -hmm. and I was just like, I mean, bro, I'll do it, but I ain't really trying to go in here and hurt nobody. But I just want money. I ain't seen no money, and I left. And it was like, really like that. I just left. Um, and you know, push comes up, things go down the line. You know, you end up going to prison. Folks end up, you know, that's not part of the conversation. But mm -hmm. within that, you know, I know I had gone to when I had gone to prison. You know, I remember my friend asked me. He said, you know, so what was the thing going through your mind when you were first being um, when you were first about to go to prison? I was just like, well, shit, we got to find a way to come back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have a, your story, um, and I'm pretty sure some people are gonna be able to resonate with that because you went to college, but then you also went to prison. Like that's a unique experience. You, <laughs> you know, the experience of actually going away, you know, going to college and then going to prison. Like you know, so you have a lot of. Uh, I did two years. I look. I did two years in college and three years in prison. <laughs> so, I mean, shit. I don't. <laughs> it's just like, hey, you know, we just gotta so, make the best of it. All right, so let's talk about this. When you when you when you're released from prison, what mm -hmm. was that like? Because that had to be difficult too. You talked about uh, at 19 not knowing a direction of what you wanted to do. Did you figure that out while in prison or when you came home? So I figured out legitly what I was going to do. Well, you gotta be honest. You know I had to figure this shit out <laughs> when I came home because yeah. I didn't know nothing about Bitcoin. But I mean, I kept it honest though because. You know, prison guys would be like, man, you know, I want to go do this. I want to go do that. And I never knocked what nobody wanted to do. You know, um, mm -hmm. some guys wanted to be barbers. Some guys wanted to sell clothes, drive trucks, you know, get into landscaping. And I'm like, you know, whatever. I'm like, bro, you got to, if that works for you, that works for you. But that didn't work for me. Because mm -hmm. like, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do what people thought I should have done. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do what people gave me to do. Like my uncle he uh, mailed me a list of jobs I could apply for when coming home out of prison. And when I looked at the list, I'm looking at every, how much the jobs pay. I'm like, bro, all these jobs pay $16 an hour. Mm -hmm. Like, what? Like, this ain't, this is not it. So, yeah. and then I really couldn't get hired. So, but when I was in prison, I was telling folks, man, I don't know what's going on out there to say that I know I'm going to do. I don't, you know, because everybody writing letters, somebody, you ain't missing nothing. Well, what the hell are y'all missing? Because something has to be happening. Mm -hmm. And that's another, that's another thing, you know, I, I really started noticing like, and it's to someone's responsibility, but none but my own, but it's like, you know, people were writing me telling me when nothing changed with the world. And that, and when I kept reading those same messages over and over, I started thinking something is going on. Yeah. And these people, you know what I'm saying? Like this, this is this is not it. Like this wasn't it, because there's no way nothing new is going on in the world ever. And so I um, I will always tell people like, man, listen, I don't know what I'm going to do. If I find something that works, that's legal, and I can win, I'm gonna ride the gas till the wheels fall off, man. And um, you know, I came home in 2014, and by 2016, me and Bitcoin they had a conversation about Bitcoin, man. And it's been on ever since then. So you know? he's is is he how you discovered Bitcoin? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's like this. So I 
I first heard anything about Big, of course, the movie Dope. I think everybody's been introduced to the movie Dope. Yeah, yeah. And but you watch it Dope, you be like, uh, oh, all right, well, that's lit. You don't really know it's real though. So mm-hmm. it wasn't until I had gone to my granddaddy's house and he was alive at the time. He said, "Yeah, I got me a miner. It's gonna buy me some Bitcoin." Oh, your grandpa said that. Mm-hmm. He, he oh. had 2016. He had a minor. Uh, wow. I, think, I, I will say this: I do think he was getting scammed. However, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, because okay. I because I'm trying to figure out who the hell set this up. Like, <laughs> so and my mom thinking, yeah, you he I, we come to find out he was getting scammed. Okay. However, the innovation to even take the risk was what impressed me. Mm-hmm. My mom, I would say, like my granddad, he bought like stocks in Microsoft or enterprise all these other crazy companies that were just getting started back then that are like juggernauts now but he sold them mm-hmm. and so i uh, just so said yeah he was always up onto investments so i'm like all right that's a skill there that's a skill mm-hmm. so i always pay attention to that but um so afterwards i remember running to zay at the gas station we were talking man like i had played basketball with him growing up i've okay. been on about 11 years old and play on the same aau team and so we we were talking about Bitcoin and I'm like, all right, bro, you know, I follow him on Instagram. And then one day I just saw a graph it just showing, you know, how Bitcoin crashed, but then it was just going up, up. I'm like, bro, this thing still go up. What is this? Mm-hmm. So one day we had a real conversation and um, I asked him, I said, you know, so what does it do? Like, what is it? He said, well, you can use it like money, like everyday money. You can hold it like a storage value for gold and it's decentralized, meaning it's outside of government control. And I was like, well, shit. What else do we have to lose? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what the hell else do you have to lose? You're coming home from prison. None of the jobs are really panning out. Um, I mean, shit. I started really noticing how I didn't have no money working for me in the background. You know, so... Cause I would do a hard work, like 12 hours a day, $12 an hour, no insurance, no none of that traveling. They give you like $150 per diem. I was doing merchandising work and, um, you know, that wasn't going to, I didn't see no long-term success with that. Everybody who I saw working long-term, I was just like, damn, like, this is not where I really want to be. I mean, it's, 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 and it's a blessing because I can make money. Right. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to get caught up in that complacency of just why well, I got a job. It's like, bro, nah. Like I, I said to prison, I was gonna be a billionaire anyway. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter where where I was coming from. Like if I had to start from zero, then we just gonna start from zero. But Floyd Mayweather did it. Tyler Perry did it. I mean, so shit. Hey, you can do it. Well, let me ask you this question. All right, so everybody has this like you know part where you go down a rabbit hole, right? Where you know you learn about it and you start to read, you start to read more and study it. Um, what were some of the things that you learned, you know, as you started going down this rabbit hole where it made you really like you know commit the way you have to Bitcoin? Um, decentralization, the fact that I had been in an environment, um, that was so self controlled, you, um. With that being in prison, it was all about decentralization. I could move money when I wanted, no one could take it from me. Um, and the opportunity that lied there, it wasn't about the money, mm-hmm. it was about the opportunity. 
I mean, yeah, the money was there. We're not going to ignore it. But I remember one time I was walking out with my daughter and I said, man, something has to be going on in the world that if I get there early, I can just I can I can change my life. Because I always mm-hmm. started thinking, like, Yo, how the hell do all these these guys get all this tech money? Like, how the hell did they become billionaires? Mm-hmm. You know, fuck the millionaire. How did y'all become a billionaire? Yeah. Because that's where the generational that's when shit just starts changing. Like money's on autopilot, it seems like. Like, so how did you become a billionaire? So you think that that time that you had to do, like, um, you know, in prison is what made you really realize the power of decentralization, right? Yeah, because, see, in prison, we have to use stamps on the yard. So if your family members, wife, um, husband, if you're a woman, whatever, um, if your family can't send you money and you get it on, like, on these little ID cards, and it's an ID and it's like a debit card, canteen card where you swipe money. If your family or you don't have a job, can't see no money, then you are forced to use stamps, which is the currency that the uh, the guys use on the yard. Now, within that, we had a set price because stamps in the regular world were like 44 cents on the yard. We had them between 30 cents. Some people try to be greedy to do 35. <laughs> However, it was a set price, pretty much 30 cents for my entire bid on the yard, no matter where we went. And so that stayed that stayed uh, going and everyone knew the most important thing were to keep stamps on the yard. So it was to keep the currency in circulation. And when I saw that, you know, of course, when you come home, I mean, when you come in, when you go to prison, leaving, you know, the free world, you don't know anything about this shit. But Mm -hmm. you see people just operating like this and the stuff we would buy was a lot cheaper. Like if. um you know, if you wanted to buy deodorant, it was two thirty-five with the canteen card. But if you wanted to use stamps, I'll take seven stamps. That's two ten. So we found a way to also, you know, make the stamps more valuable because you're keeping it in circulation, and it's also, it's like incentivized for you to spend it because the prices is a, is real cheap, cheaper okay. than what uh, the yard that what the main prison was offering. So when they started bringing up decentralization, I started looking at Bitcoin like the instantly my mind went there. Like that instant model, like boom, stamps. So then I removed stamps and just added Bitcoin. And could guys use that? Like, hell yeah, that could work. So when you see what's taking place in El Salvador, it's gonna it's just gonna be an easy move because it works. It's yeah. like really I, as as simple as I can say it. And I know you got guys in Bitcoin trying to make everything so damn complex around game theory, around distribution, around all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, when the human mind sees something that's working, it's working, it'll just keep on working. Yeah, man. And you know, it's funny, right? So I got to give you your credit while, while you're on our platform because, um, I, listen, I follow I follow your work. Um, you, you're one of, put it like this, right? So my partner, Corey, got me involved in crypto back in 2016, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm a technology guy, but I also come from precious metals. So it made sense to me. Initially, it didn't make sense because I'm like, like, I'm like, to core, listen, I do real estate. I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. But the more he kept stand, telling me to do it. And because I was also, um, you know, someone that bought precious metals, it made sense. Mm-hmm. But because I love technology, I'm not even going to lie to you. I used to be a, a big shit coiner, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. But what happened through my journey personally is it's about it's, it's five people man it's my it's, it's my brother russell who's a huge bitcoin guy um is you is zay lamar wilson and believe it or not it's another brother named benny 
Um, he goes by the name Bitcoin Blockmaster. He's actually incarcerated right now, but he's one of the most brilliant guys I met. But the reason I said the reason I said you, well, I tell you that I was like, the reason I say that though is because y'all all look like me, right? So I tend to follow people that look like me that comes that understand culture because culture is mm -hmm. important to me. So I listen. So anybody in the space that looks like me, I, I you know I give it a, a special listen to. Right. And and because like you know especially with you say all y'all are Bitcoin guys so the more I start to study and go down the rabbit hole and then I'm bringing this up because of what you said about decentralization mm -hmm. okay. as someone who was in all the shit coins and everything then it occurred to me like this this ain't decentralized like decentralization is important to me because that's one of the things about precious metals it's like it's it's my business whatever I have is my business I'm like hold up you know. And no disrespect to anybody that said, well, or, or disrespect to you, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, but I realized through my journey and studying, you know, you guys that hold on, Bitcoin is different than all the rest of this shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm a 100% Bitcoin guy. But my question to you is, did you ever go through that phase or were you from day oh, one? All right, so the rabbit hole, my bad. I, I did. I no, because I, I, yeah, I want to know because, like, for me, I, I I came I came to become a full Bitcoin guy, but I went mm -hmm. down a rabbit hole. I was with all the shit coins. I was trying to, you know, I was in the casino, like, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah I know, I know. Cause so it's like when I first bought Bitcoin, I was all in Bitcoin, and I started seeing, you know, what altcoins were. <clears throat> so it was like I bought, I would buy them just to be like, okay, just to see what it's like, bro. Like I I ain't go. I've almost went down that rabbit hole. You feel me? I can mm -hmm. say that. Um, and because of folks like Zay and, and my guy Miller L, you know, they those guys just to keep, you know, keep it straight. Yeah. But I tell people like, you know, sometimes I tell folks like, hey, I got mentorship or coaching for Bitcoin. I'm like, well, what is that? Well, if you go down that shit coin rabbit hole and you start seeing your money go wide instead of it going straight in one line with Bitcoin, you understand why the service is there. Yeah. But um so I've, I've, let's see, I remember they dropped ICOs. I participated in ICO before I realized it. I, I quickly realized how trash this shit was, though. Okay. You feel me? Like, um, in 2017. And I think, I think the rabbit hole would have been, I think, I think cryptos might have had a chance until 2017. Uh, but I mean, even then, they didn't have a chance to Bitcoin because, you know, this is why. So in 2017, you start seeing uh, exchanges go down. Like one day you'll go on there. The next day you see the FBI uh, seal on there. You can't use it. Coins was going to hell at a rapid pace. Um, and the thing that really, really, really got me as a whole 100% Bitcoiner was when Zay had gone to L.A. to uh, start shooting the gentleman of crypto. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> and Zay was Zay. No cap, Zay was, Zay was always that dude to, to look out. You know, he said, yo, Justin, I'm a, uh, he asked me to review all, as many altcoins as possible. Mm -hmm. And bro paid me $100 a week. And they were going, like, if you scroll, go all the way down to, if you go to the Gentleman of Crypto, scroll all the way down, down, mm -hmm. down to the first episode, those altcoins they listed, I used to review them and send them to them. So I used to review altcoins all day at the house. Okay. And uh, with, like, this is when I had no job. So the hundred dollars a week might go towards groceries or, mm -hmm. or or gas or some shit, and I'll be like, "Yo, tell Zebra, you don't even know what this this just this little bit means." Yeah. So um, and so then it was just like, all right. So I'm looking, 
and all these altcoins, and I'm noticing, like, bro, all this shit is nothing. <laughs> like, y'all not, not backed by nothing. Like, y'all have no real white paper. The community is about, if you think the Bitcoin community is small, these communities be about a thousand people. They say that they got so much. I'm like, bro, it is a lot of nothing out here. Yeah. So I was, I was initially, I'm, I was always all in on Bitcoin. Of course, you know, you had those phases where you might go in. Then you have phases, you know, some people, they are. But like we always said before, all roads eventually lead to Bitcoin. It so, did. That was and, my story, too. That was my story. And also, I say another thing was when I started running a node, mm. then it clicked. And I was like, oh, I, I get it now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I get it. I get it. When you run a node, it's a wrap. When you yeah. run a node. I remember my church, the first time I tried to build a node was in 2018 when they were just coming and I ain't have no tech experience, like mm -hmm. nothing, nothing. That shit was killing me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like we took it back. Like, you know how you been when we was kids, you just see some shit and you trying it. Yeah. We had to tap into that energy because that's where it was. And I just, I was on the command line, but I was like, bro, what in the hell am I doing? Yeah. But now I notice. Shit, no, there's nothing to make, yeah. bro. Why? But yeah, once you have a node, bro, that's once you start looking at Bitcoin in the coding form, it's a wrap. Yeah, and that's when you it's understand that it's different than everything else. So it, you know, I just wanted you to speak to that because I tell people all the time that listen, it's Bitcoin and it's all that other shit. Like they're not the same, right? So um, yeah, so I'm glad to hear that you went through that that journey as well. Um so now, what made you decide to put this book out, right? So you 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 change your life, Bitcoin. You can pretty much say Bitcoin has changed your life. So man, hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so what made you want to share your journey? What made you want to put this uh, pen to paper and, and share your journey? Because, like I said in the beginning, very few will be willing to be as transparent about you know your your your, your past, and you know even though you've come out of it, you still mm -hmm. share it. What made you want to share that? Um, number one, so. No more people can just like see that, you know, what you think is nothing is actually something like people. Are like, oh, you know, you might be doing well or this that, and the third or they might have imposter syndrome. Or people might just they, I don't know, like I don't know what people really go through unless they tell me. But I wrote the book for folks to see like, man, um, you know, it's really talking to those people. The book could be for everyone, but. What really made me want to write the book was like, you know, hell, you can get started with nothing. And you need to see what that looks like. You need to read what that feels. You need to feel what that you need to see what that looks like. And you need to read what that feels like. Because a lot of people have these thoughts of, you know, shit just being easy. Mm -hmm. um, like we look at goals the wrong way. I'm just going to get there. I mean, you, you, you hopefully will, but there will be some shit that happens. And the book was to number one, highlight that, you know, you might be in a weird, a weird spot, but most times than not, a lot of people, especially the ones that I know, they were, they're like those people that fell between the cracks. Okay. How the fuck do you get out the cracks? Cause you looking at folks who started from the bottom, whatever it was, wherever they were, they blew up. But you fell between the cracks and you don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah. You're still sliding. And now everything around you looks like a success. 
So how do you get out of that? How do you get out of your mind? You know what I mean? How do you just how do you just say fuck it? This it's it's time to go. Mm-hmm. You know, and from that regard, <clears throat> like I did, I did so during my time, I did a lot of uh coaching. Like I got coaching certifications during the bear market year. And I did some stuff that really had nothing to do with Bitcoin sometimes, like health coaching or mindset coaching. Mm-hmm. But it was doing something for me to really like take in these skills so I could put together something like this. So the book was number one to, to really show the people that you have to have a certain mindset to get the fuck out of where you are. You know, you might have to you you have to be perceived as a bit uh, crazy, you know, but. If you don't if you don't make the correct moves, man, you will forever stay stuck. So I wrote I write about the book in a way that I talk about an apex predator. And amazingly enough, it's called an orca. So it's not the killer whale. So what makes the orca the best? You know, he works together. They work together in pods. They communicate very well. They're high. They're highly intelligent when it comes to hunting and, and thinking. But, you know, the orca is it can't be hunted by no one but humans. The average person would think the shark is the king of the sea. But he gets hunted by someone that no one ever knows about. So how do you get to that success without having to worry about having your name all out there? How you build yourself up? How do you be the best of the bucks amongst those those people behind the doors? Interesting. You know, because you have everyone has a story. Everyone has something that makes them the one percent. They just don't believe in it. And a lot of that story is you just you read me believing in what the fuck I thought I could do, what the fuck I knew I could do. Hey man, let me slow down real quick. That was a gem right there. Everybody has something in them that, that puts them amongst the one percent, but they don't believe it. They don't. Wow, that's a I believe it. That's a I believe it. I believed it when I left prison. I didn't really give a damn. <laughs> I was like, shit, I'm, I'm, I said, whatever I find, I'm gonna win it. But what about this? I said, if I find it, I'm going to win. I don't want you to. I mean, you can throw me suggestions and I'll take them up. That don't mean this shit ain't gonna be it. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it might help me get from day to day. But you gotta be able to tap in, man. A lot of folks don't tap in. They don't believe they can. They got too many people that's mediocre around them. They believe it. You believe more of what average people say because average people outnumber people who aren't average. Uh, like that <laughs> might have been the worst way to say that shit. No, but I get but, you. I get it. I get it. I get you know it. what I mean? They got Strength the numbers. numbers. They got the numbers, yeah. Strifting, strifting, mediocre numbers gonna make you think you mediocre. Well, I might need to slow down. Yeah, regular people don't do that. We're not here to be fucking regular, though. Like, you can't come home from prison and expect to be regular. What is a regular life outside of penitentiary? Yeah. Working at 35 years old, making $16, $20 an hour? This shit is not regular. You have a lot of problems. There's a lot of shit I realized I had going on, and I wanted to solve all that shit, man. None of the programs I saw out there were going to offer it. Like, bro, I wanted to be a billionaire. I'm not about to be able to become that here in this program. Mm-hmm. Like, this shit has to take this shit. If it takes 10 years, then I need to get started now. Yeah. Like, I don't have 10 years to wait to, then to do another 10 years. Yeah. So when I was came home, I was 24. I was like, yo, we need to find something that I can dedicate these five years to now. Because I'm not about to be one of those people who want to procrastinate on life, procrastinate on their gifts. People yeah. always think they got time to do shit. You in COVID, ain't no damn time now. You mm-hmm. know, so, man, it was about getting ready. I mean, I get, 
So what's been? My fault. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Listen, you were going. That's good. I just want to ask you this question though to, um, to throw in there. Like, what has been the response? Because I mean, your family has to be proud of you to come home and turn your life around, you know, and, and find your purpose. Well, you know, they, when it comes to Bitcoin, they only good when they see it work. <laughs> Number go up and they work and they like okay. You know what I mean, after a while they see they see you. They that's why I knew I can win. Because I always looked at people who were who are like really, really chastised by folks. But then all of a sudden, what changes everyone's mind about him? Like Deontay Wilder, for instance. Mm-hmm. A lot of people didn't like him. Anything he could box, he didn't do all this other shit. But you know, I kind of went down that rabbit hole till one day I just looked at this motherfucker. I said, bro, this motherfucker do whatever though. Yeah. Like, you're not gonna stop him. Even when Tyson Fury beat him, you're not stopping him though. Like, and then you start having respect for someone like that who doesn't stop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, if you can't, if only thing you can rely on is not quitting, then goddamn, there you don't need no other talent or skill. Everything else will come to you because you got the best one of all, not man, giving up. Man, that's another gem right there. <laughs> you dropping gems and they go, brother. As long as you have that skill of not quitting, everything else will come to you. I like that. I like that. And you dropping gems. Has no, it has no choice. Mm-hmm. No matter how far ahead, everybody was ahead of me when I came home. The fuck. Even mm-hmm. 16-year-olds who worked at Wendy's were ahead of me. Yep. As far as what people perceive, but shit, in my mind, y'all about to get left. <laughs> That's just how I look. Everybody was food, goddamn it. Everybody's food. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta get left. For me to get there, you have to get left. And when I'm in front, you'll feel better. I heard that. I heard. Let me ask you this question. I gotta ask you this question. You know, Bitcoin vegan. Like, so being a vegan, how long has that been a part of your life? Um, is it something that happened after prison, before prison? So when did that happen? Going vegan happened November 2015. I was training at a gym called Dime Boxing, and I wanted to be cut, healthy, and clean as hell. And then I started, the algorithm started working online. They started showing me Dr. Sabi. Oh. And I was like, oh, shit, who this dude? So I had actually gone vegan before I even became a Bitcoin. Interesting. Going vegan actually helped me be a Bitcoiner. Explain that. How's that? How that? Because they all the transitions are the same. You, um, for instance, when I was transitioning to veganism and Bitcoin, everybody was running their mouth. You don't know what you're doing. You gonna eat plants? All this. You gonna lose your mind? It's it's all the all the all the bullshit was all the same. Just the fud was all the same. I mean, mm-hmm. it was Bitcoin. Same energy. People speaking highly on things they don't know. Um, then, then the next one was like, well, I'm not on the regular diet that's been put out there. Mm-hmm. I've chosen another diet. And then with Bitcoin and the money, I'm not on the regular money. I've chosen a different money. Both of these things are decentralized. I can grow my own food. I can mine my own Bitcoin. I can run my own node at my yeah. own farm. So I started listening, like, damn, there's a lot of similarities between veganism and Bitcoin. And so then one day I went on Google and uh, Instagram, put hashtag Bitcoin vegan. Nothing came up. Like, oh, shit. There you go. I might be the only person in the world with this name. Well, let's go with it. There you go. And then. Now- I know this is going to be a silly question, but I want to ask it anyway. Um, how how has uh, transitioning to being a vegan changed your life? Oh, that ain't even silly at all. Um, 
going vegan makes you understand you have to respect. So this is what it was. The reason Bitcoin happening in Bitcoin was uh, a little simpler, not just because of prison, because being vegan helped me understand that you have to go through a process. Like you have to understand processes. Like even when I would cook food, I would think, all right, I got the onions. I got this. I got that. And then my homegirl said, all right, now you got to cut it and cook it. I said, wait, what? Now, common sense, you know, the, the food has to get cut. But I was like, damn, I got to do this. You know what I mean? Like, damn. All right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay, I can do it. But, you know, it's just you start really noticing how you are in really control of what you're about to eat. Mm-hmm. And you have to. So if you're going from veganism and go, if you if a good person out there, you think about going vegan. Number one thing you got to realize is how I'm going to fix this food. How am I going to disperse this energy to fix this food? When, where? Like, it's a lot of shit that has to get, you know, just all redone. Yeah. Because, wow, I was like, what, 25? So 25 years of my, I was 25 years of my life was doing things one way. And so you get to see that whole habit just get broken. Mm-hmm. And that's what allowed me to realize, like, there will be no growth in life if you do not go through some type of major habit rechange and you have a crazy process to go through. Otherwise, everything's going to stay the same. Mm. Heard that. Let me ask you this question. So along this journey, um, what has been the biggest hurdle? And I mean, I mean, I probably can guess that. <laughs> but but what has been the biggest hurdle that you had to overcome to get you from, you know, where you started into where you are today? Mindset. Okay. Uh, in prison, you know, like I say in my book, in prison, a lot of people will do everything they say they'll do. They don't do that in the real world, in real business. And that could that can make someone who, you know, is coming out of prison. That could piss you clean the fuck off. Mm. You said you was going to call me today. What happened? I thought we were going to go through on this deal on Friday. It's Saturday. I didn't hear from you. You know, and then um, the whole survival to thriving mindset, like what you do to survive, you can't do to thrive. Um. You know, in prison, you're you're in hustle mode, and it worked. I mean, the things that took place for me in prison that work, they work. They work. Everything works up until a certain point. Okay. Like Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> Everything works until it don't work, man. And like it was like, like even this year, you know, I just had to really have some real revelations. Like, damn, you know. Um, you know, some shit we did back in the day coming up mm-hmm. doing the struggle mode. That's not needed here now. Yeah. You know, the whole, I got to do it on my own. You don't have to do that no more now. Um, but really there's, there's a lot of also um, hidden traumas. Mm-hmm. Like that is not discussed. Yes, this is true. What has helped you with the mindset shift? Like what, what, what would you say has helped you like, you know, uh, become self-aware and understand that you have to shift your mind? Um, so I used to always have higher coaches. Okay. I'm a, I'm a hiring a coach ass person. <laughs> uh, shit. If you better at it than me, then I need I need your services. But I didn't just hire any coach. Like I used to always hire personal development coaches first, like mindset coaches. Like I said again, I was a part of a, a, a tribe of people called the, this business called Health Coach Institute. Learn how to become a health coach. You deal. You learn about um, you know rearranging habits that work. And just like real deep 
uh, mindset adjustments that could be like untucked memories. You know, what type of what type of operating like OS, like your brain is an OS. What type mm -hmm. of OS are you operating off on? How can we upgrade this OS? Um, because like you can't just always operate like someone's out to get you or fuck them. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like even if that's not your everyday person, you can't. There are things that take place in prison that you you have to you have to be seen to talk about. You have to go to people and talk about it um, because it, it uh, luckily, you know, I've had instances where I might have. I don't care about burning bridges. Got you. And I'm going to say this and I, it might be a new business philosophy. But hey, if you if you are some bullshit to me and birds of a feather flock together, everybody that's with you need to stay over there. And I want them to know that I don't deal with you. Mm -hmm. I don't deal with people that, you know, I don't deal with that. So. Got you. you know, I, don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to fake the whole thing. <laughs> like there is no faking about it. There is no, you know, this people cordial professional. Hey, how about we just part ways? Yep. Sometimes that's the best thing. That's the best thing. You know, um, yeah. Also throughout this journey, what has been, um, you know, one book or a couple books that inspired or helped you along your journey? <laughs> well, bro, listen, one thing I did along the way, man, I learned the value of reading. Okay. And um, I remember I took this course by Jim Quick called Super Brain Training because I was always fascinated. That I knew I knew how to learn. I can learn real well. If you ask me what I'm the one percent at, it's learning. Okay. Only, and I always looked at what's the skill you have to focus on to magnify everything else. If you learn how to increase how you learn, you'll be good. Mm -hmm. Think about it. If you can increase the rate speed and retention of which you learn what really what what else do you have to do it's a cheat code you just gotta go fucking learn it so um man he had this one this one module where you go through speed reading and that's the only reason i bought it down to the course anyway mm -hmm. i want to speed read just see what it's like so uh i think around 2018 ish 2019 ish 2019 I started reading like 10 books a month on different subjects because if I didn't have the money to hire people, mm -hmm. then we was going to have to goddamn get this education on our own. So you read a lot of books. So what yeah. what is one that, uh, or a couple that have stuck out to you that, that you treasure that you say, you know what, this, this is something I, you know, outside of your own, of course. Yeah. All right. So not including mine and Bitcoin and black America. Mm -hmm. Um, those are out on Amazon right now. By those, absolutely. But, salute to Zay. Salute to Zay because his book, his book is fire because his book is the one that made me recognize that it's, it's not just about the finance part. How it's a revolutionary act. So salute to Zay. Yeah. So um, I would say the future is faster than you think by Stephen Kotler. Okay. Um, this book named called Happy Money by a guy by the name of Ken Honda. Okay, happy money. Oh. Um, I like Atomic Habits. Okay, so that's that's three good ones right there. Yeah. All right, man. Appreciate it. that's 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 some good stuff right there. So those those are new ones. Uh, happy money. Wait a minute. Okay. Hold on. Wait. 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 You want wait. Something else? You got something else? Hell yeah. The Art of Impossible. Another book by Stephen Collar. Okay. Okay. If you haven't noticed, Stephen Collar might be. Yeah, I, I was about to say you. You really mess with Stephen Collar. We gotta look up Stephen Collar and see all see all the stuff and stuff that he put out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sad. man. 
Uh, so what's the, what's the future hold for you, man? So the book is out now, and everybody, make sure you go get the book. I'm going to put the link in the description, the show notes. But what's what's the next step for you in your journey? Like, what, what is something that you want to work on in the future? Uh, right about now, bro, the, the next step would be, like, doing tours with the book uh, amid this COVID crisisness. Um, I definitely want to go inside prisons and do, like, a book tour or, you know, teach about Bitcoin. And as far as, like, business is concerned, We'll just have to see about that. Oh. <laughs> there's, something, there's something in the works, but you know, if one thing I one thing I learned how to not do is share too much because people say, Oh, they stole my stuff. I'm not saying you would. You no, know, I got you. I got listen, I get it. Yeah. So but, one of your objectives with this book is actually to reach to the people that are behind the bars and um and, and help them out. Like so um I wanted to be like a cheat code, man. Like, like, like you want to make it kind of like the Bible. All right. Why do I say that? Well, shit. If you need a playbook on how to get yourself up out of prison, here you go. And it takes you straight to the best technology, industry, business, whatever in the world. Mm-hmm. Skip all the other bullshit. Why? Why do you need to go do all this other stuff? The world is changing right now. We're moving to more exponential technology day by day. If you see somebody coming home from prison and they talking about doing some shit that is two centuries dead, yeah. You're going to do them a disservice if you know anything about technology that can really propel them somewhere else. There is no need to put that type of a brilliant mind. Not saying all of them going to come home with that mindset now. Like, mm-hmm. I can't I can't not say that everybody ain't going to come home with their mind right. But the ones that do come home with their mind right, but probably fall back was because there was no opportunity. Yeah. And the opportunities won't be presented until now. Bitcoin's been around 12 years. Nobody has found a way to even bridge Bitcoin in the prison industry. Yep. There you, go. there you go. So that's 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 something to shoot for, good brother. Well, listen, man, I just I just first of all, I just want to say congratulations on um, all your success. Congratulations on turning your life around, getting the book out and also just, um you know, helping others because you have a course out there, too. Right. Yes, sir. Yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about your course. So the course is uh, the course is all about Bitcoin. It's um, for those people who are tired of searching the web, not getting anywhere, you know, going on YouTube for four hours a day, seven days a week and still not getting basic questions answered. Like, how do I buy Bitcoin? What's the best wallet to use? How can I keep it secure? Uh, that's what that course is put put together for. For anybody who wants to go from like zero to at least 100 and save four years of research. Um so I teach the 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 old school 2016 ways of Bitcoin. I don't go into all the the shit coinery. Um, yeah. But everything someone needs to know, like how to accept it for their business, how to um, use ATMs. What's the best way to send Bitcoin? What's the what's the wallets that I use and why? You know, um, I just know and re- re- really relying on those principles. And principles are hard to sell sometimes. You know, because mm-hmm. you know it's always. What about the money part? The money part. Like, everybody makes money here. You know what I mean? Like, granted, yeah. even in shit coin, the number goes up most yep. of the time. Yeah. So what's the difference? If everybody's making, if everybody's money goes up, what's the difference? It's kind of like once you start comparing LeBron, Kobe, and Mike. Everybody's on the great playing field now. What are the differences? Yeah. yeah. There has to be differences, you know. And what are those different? What are the differences that matter? You know, six, six, and zero. Kobe's my dude. Six and zero is still better than five and two. 
<laughs> I mean, what is difference is. And, hey, I was still, and I would still say Kobe's the GOAT. But again, you feel me? Like, no, I'm, I listen, I get you, man. For me, for me, it's decentralization. That, right, exactly. Yeah. And then you, you guys start going down there, like, even so in Clubhouse, I had this room called From Bars to Bitcoin, where we mm -hmm. teach you guys who came home from prison about Bitcoin. And there's a guy in there, he did like 30 years since he was 18. Been home two and a half years, just hopped into Bitcoin. No questions asked. You have people who do this. And those are the people I want to connect with the most because it's like, hey, y'all will take action better, quicker, mm -hmm. without giving me a damn headache as to why you have to pay for it. Just <laughs> the book, like, then, then once you do enough on your own, you be like, hey, bro, I need, you know, whatever, whatever. Talking to the average people about Bitcoin now is almost can't help them. Yeah. Yeah, they know they know they they know they don't know they don't know enough. Yep. And so that's why this past summer, you know, me and Zay just been teaching the children and guys come home from prison. Hell, at least they'll listen. Yeah, <laughs> listen to children, man. So we 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 have a camp that we do every year uh, for six years. Um, we taught the kids this summer about Bitcoin and listen, their 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 level of uh not just understanding but just willing willing to embrace it. Because mm -hmm. they grew up they, because they grew up in the digital world. So for them, right. this makes sense. This is like this is mm -hmm. like, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's like everything else, like all the different uh, what's it, Roblox and all it's like it's just, it just makes sense to them. It just makes I'm sense. watching my daughter play this little app on her phone or oh, well, the phone I gave her, let me say it like that. And I'm looking like, damn. Let me find out you can build an NFT. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not even into those, but it's just like, how the hell are you doing this? That's but that's what, like, how we were, mm -hmm. and that's why you know you we we know to hop our our children right get right up and take. Yeah, yeah. You know, like there's there's this little coding camp my daughter can't go to for like another two years, but they go right there. Yeah, man. Yeah, so that's dope, man. The future, the future, the future is going to be completely different because they're growing up with the technology. It's not being introduced to them; they're growing up mm -hmm. with it. So, and they're growing up with parents that yeah understand it. Yeah. Yeah, we not we they not growing up with Stone Age parents, bro. Yeah, yeah. we got textbook parents. <laughs> <laughs> and the grocery line, they have, they have to put the check through there to make it. To, yeah, like, that's what we went through, bro. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing, man. Yo, it's funny how our technology, how time, like you know, technology just makes things go so much faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Listen, man. So I just want to say I don't keep you too much long. I just want to say thank you so much for your time. Um, every everybody watching, make sure you go follow at Bitcoin Vegan. See everything that he's got going on. Um, please pick up the book. Please pick up the book for bars to Bitcoin. It, it, it's it's going to be very powerful. He's telling the story, um, and just support everything he got going on, man. You know, this is a brother that looks like us that's out here doing amazing work, and you know, is is working in the future with Bitcoin. So, man, just want to say thank you so much, man. I, I appreciate you and continue to do that good work. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, man. Absolutely. And for the folks out there watching, as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Peace. Peace.